Hey, Reach Paramount, welcome to our podcast. We really hope this message encourages and challenges you as you walk with the Lord every day. Enjoy this message. Thank you. Thank you. Hallelujah. Praise God. You can be seated. Well, think with me tonight. This is kind of a weird one for me. How I, 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 you know, I love you guys. So I get in trouble sometimes because I so want to bless you that I move out of my comfort zone. And I'm doing that tonight, and I'm hoping it's okay. Is it okay? Amen. Amen. And there, it's real simple. In some ways, we've got to hear from God. Amen? That's, that's a big deal, just that alone. But then we've got to obey him. Amen. So I want you to think about that with me uh, because it's significant. It says in Genesis 1.26, he said, let us make man in our image. There is nothing, I think, bigger than that idea. When people see you, what do they see? Amen. Do they, do they get the image of God? Because if we study that story out, it goes out, there's a... A fallenness, uh, Adam blows it, amen. God, I'm going to punch that guy in the nose when we get to heaven. I don't care, he, he's a granddaddy, but I mean, it's just horrible. He, he, he blew it, and so we lost image. But then Jesus died, and how are you doing on your image? Wow. Amen? Look at the person next to you and say, how are you doing on your image? Amen. What image are you portraying? Wow. Here's, the, here's the biggest thing. Your life counts. Your life counts. You say, my life doesn't count. Well, if it doesn't count, it's your fault. And it's par- partly because you're probably not got the volume up enough or the light on enough. You know, and you're, the, you're the light of the world. The problem is some of you are refrigerator lights. And <laughs> you know what I mean? You need... You need to get a bigger wattage going on that kind of thing. Or you're giving out a wrong image. Wow. How many know people that are given a wrong image? Yeah. How many are sitting next to somebody? This, no, we probably, we better stop. But, but you are going to have to interact tonight. Amen. There was nothing that there, my life counts, and everything that I do, others are going to copy. Everything that you do, there's going to be somebody that's going to copy. A daughter, a son, a friend, people, your work, your job, whatever it is. When I got saved, the next day, Joe Weidinger got saved. Wow. Amen. Uh, he's, he's a preacher, by the way, not a bartender. And, uh, and who's changed the world. Coney Orozco, two weeks later, heard that I'd gotten saved, and he found, and he got saved. And he's changed the world, literally, what you do. You decide to become a pastor, somebody else is going to become a pastor. Amen. You decide to get excited about God, someone else is going to get excited. Does that make sense? Amen. So there's something about this that's so significant, and yet most Christians don't get it. Why are we here on a Wednesday night? And in my church on a Wednesday night, there's probably five of us. And and we're all ex-preachers. And the other day, I asked him, why are you here? He said, because it's Wednesday. I want to tell you, that's deep if you start to think about it. I don't think I've ever, except when I was in the hospital being in surgery, have ever not gone to church on a Sunday. 
Doesn't matter if I'm on vacation where I'm going. I go to church. You know why I go to church? Because what I do, somebody else is going to do. Do you hear what I'm saying? What you do, if you cuss, others are going to cuss. Especially if you're a preacher. (laughs) And that's that's a really bad example. Uh, Hallelujah. Here's Here's a wild story, true story. When I got married... I, I, I simply, during the worship service, we did Jesus people weddings back then, amen, and I simply raised my hands, and Ike Elliott, who was a friend of mine that was in the back of the church, when he saw me raise my hands, he couldn't believe that I would raise my hands and worship God. That next Sunday, he went to the closest church to his house, and he got saved, and he became, he was a Methodist. He, he ran a youth camp for the rest of his life. Hundreds, thousands of young people were affected. And it was just because I raised my hand. So here's first altar call. Are you ready? Don't get too excited because we've got a couple more. But I, hopefully we can be honest tonight. How many would say here, you need to clean your act up a little? You maybe need to raise the volume of your, your sanctification. Amen. Anybody say, that's me. You raise your hand right now. Put it up in the air. Look at all this. My God, God this church is a mess. You, you need to have revival. I keep telling you. No, I, I, it's a bad joke. It's a bad joke. Because the easiest thing on earth to do is to not be serious. God's never going to make you be serious. Amen. You've got to decide, and it's up to you, and it's when nobody's watching. <laughs> I'm getting myself convicted now. It's when, <laughs> that's, that's when you get in the most trouble. So how many would say, I'm going to repent right now? Raise your hand again. Raise your hand again. I'm serious. This is the key to change. Change in my life. This is what I wanted to do when I came here tonight. I remember when my life changed, and it was when I heard somebody say something, and I put it into practice. Let's put it into practice. Father, in fact, pray this with me. Father, I come to you in the name of Jesus Christ. I ask you, forgive me for my failure. I repent. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. Let me become a better example. I surrender. I surrender. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So we've got to hear and obey the word of God. And in in a certain sense, that's that's the whole of Christianity. Here's the hassle. You know, I believe God just showed me, I was reading about Matthew 6 or whatever it is, where they say, I did all this for you. And God says, I never knew you. (laughs) I don't like that scripture a lot. But I kind of had a revelation, I think, on, on this. The part of what it's saying here is, you know there are so many Christians that don't think they need to hear from God? Wow. Yeah, yeah. Say that again. Wow, that sounded good. Wow. Wow. Heavy, Ron. Amen. No, I, no I'm serious. I think that the, the problem in our day is we can almost live a good life without God. We get a good job. We get blessed enough by God that things can happen. Uh, I, I can pay my bills. 
And I think a lot of people are going to find themselves in hell and they thought they were going to heaven. How desperate are you for God? I mean, it's a serious question. Amen. And because uh, we, we desperately need to hear God. Uh, a friend of mine, Tony Roscoe, he gave me a word. He was the first friend that ever gave me a prophetic word. And it was simple word, sanctify your intellect. Amen. And, and I knew what it was about. <laughs> Amen. And I needed to sanctify. That's kind of what we've been talking about. And several of you have said, sanctify just means get yourself ready to be used by God. Are you, are you making preparation in your life that God would use you? Isn't that heavy? That's, a, that's such, a, such an intense thing in some ways. Amen. And uh, there's nothing smarter. And I think it's the key to life. Romans 12, 1 and 2, you can read it. it says, basically, take your body and give it to God and take your mind and fill it with God. Shut up and obey. <laughs> Amen. Shut up and obey. Hear that? Shut up. <laughs> it's kind of fun to say that in church. Shut up <laughs> and obey. The purpose of life is to sanctify, clean ourselves up enough that God can use us. Amen. Has God used you today? So let's all stand to our feet. All stand to your feet. Second altar call. And I want you, in just a second, I want you to get with either one or two other people. No more than that. Try not to get more than that. Because we're only going to take about four or five minutes. But I want you to get with somebody else and I want you to pray for each other. And if you've got the guts, <laughs> confess your faults one to another. Amen. If you're, if you're not doing well, find somebody that you trust enough to tell them <laughs> and get them to Does that make sense? Yes. Okay, so everybody step out. Everybody turn to someone. Amen. If you don't know anybody here, that's the best because then they won't know what you did. Get with them. Get in a group of two or three. Okay? And I'm going to watch the clock. And I'm going to give you a countdown. And, and begin to talk. Tell what you need. Minister to each other. This may be the most important thing you do this week. Is not to hear me. Not just to listen. But for you to pray a prayer of faith. Pray like you believe God's going to do something. Amen. Go for it. Do it. Now, now, maybe you guys pray for each other all the time. You pray all the time. You're always praying for other people and stuff. I know a few people are like that, but, but, it's, but we don't pray enough for each other. Amen. Amen. And we, we don't listen to what the preacher says. <laughs> no, they, keep it up. Keep it up. Just make it quieter. Hallelujah. Well, I'm going to get ahead of myself if I'm not careful. But, but you get the idea. Do you get the idea? We should be praying for people all the time. I've got some tea. Next time I'll be here, I'll, I'll, I'll have them. T-shirts that say, ask me if you need prayer. I think the next revival is going to be that we take this outside the church. How many say that? 
And, and I think that's what's supposed to happen. That's, that's the gifts. That's what God wants to do. Amen. But I, I want to give you what I think is maybe the most important thought tonight. Every great moment in my life has been where I have been confronted by being a servant. Does anybody know what, wave at me if you know what I'm talking about. Being a servant. There, there are people that are probably here tonight. You're angry. You're, you're close to backsliding. I know what that's like. And you know why? Because you've lost track of serving. You've lost track of serving. We were talking earlier. Adam and Eve are in the Garden of Eden. You can't get any better than that. When I get mad, when I get in trouble with God, is I think I need it better. Adam and Eve thought they needed better than the Garden of Eden. Jimmy Swaggart, Ted Haggart. When they fall, they lose track of being a servant. They're destroyed by even the blessing of God. How many want to make it the long run? I'm going to tell you, the key is serving. 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 Amen. How many have had crises in your life? Amen. Maybe even some of you, like you say, are in crisis right now. I remember when I was in one of the worst, the world seemed to be collapsing, church was falling apart, everything in my world. I went up to the mountains to hear from God, and I was reading in Philippians, and Paul says, rejoice. And again, I said, rejoice. I took my Bible, threw it in the dirt, and walked off. <laughs> and I, I think I might have even said a couple cuss words, <laughs> which is not good to tell God something bad. But you know what? God spoke to me, and he said, when were you the happiest? That's all I heard. And I knew it was when I got saved, and there was nobody there. So I became a servant. I became a servant. Amen. You want to change your life and change your world, serve. Serve your wife. Serve your husband. Serve your boss. The reason America is the greatest country in the world is because on our police guard, it's a Christian value, protect and serve. Our whole country, democracy, we fought because we did not want to have kings. We did not want to be dominated. We didn't even want to buy tea if it was, even if it was cheaper, <laughs> if, if it wasn't tied to the, whoever's the servant, amen, gets to make the most money. I want you to think about it because this is, I think, the whole key. What made Jesus great? It wasn't that he had a bunch of money. He had a heart to serve. He served, even when it meant the cross. Amen. And so I, I think anybody, you could be honest enough, maybe you, you are in a place, critical place in your life, and you know you need to serve more. You'd raise your hand. You'd put it up. Anybody at all? Yeah, a lot of hands. A lot of hands. This is, I think, the center of the battle, especially in our day, because you can entertain yourself to death. You can spend the rest of your life eating brownies and watching TV. <laughs> Lots of people are doing it. Or you can spend the rest of your life serving. How many say, I'm going to... I'm going to serve more. I want you to stand to your feet. Anybody here? You raise your hand. Stand to your feet. Stand to your feet. Don't be embarrassed. This is so important. You're making a confession before heaven. This is the key to revival in this church. 
You say, I don't know what to do. Serve your pastor. Amen. Find someone and make them a success. Amen. Do you feel it? I mean, literally, some of you may break some chains tonight if you'll begin to move towards it. Father, we release, God, the anointing to serve. God, we need eyes to see and ears to hear. God, show us that the way up is the way down. God, that it's not that we need money. It's not that we need power. God, we need you, and you come to the servant. That you said the greatest would be the servant. Not the ones that have the titles, but those who have the gift in the ministry. And God, we surrender and we call ourselves, amen, to, to be servants. Servants. You can be seated. Amen. It's, it's how you raise your spiritual footprint. It's what will change the world. I think when we get to heaven... I've pastored for 50 years almost, so I, I've seen it, that a lot of us pastors are going to be really embarrassed when we find out the real, real reason there was revival is because there was a servant in the church. Amen. I, I'm, I'm, I'm just flashing story after story after story that's coming into my mind and heart at this moment. And so here's, here's the fourth thing. Amen. We need to raise the level of the Holy Spirit. Raise the level of the Holy Spirit. First Corinthians 14, seek spiritual gifts, and especially that you would prophesy. How's your prophecy going? How's your, how's your spiritual walk? Like I say, I think one of the problems today is we find a good church that we like and it's entertaining, and then we think that's the key. And it, it helps. It gets you through some, some times. But I don't think that the real key is that. The real key is to keep growing and maturing and to develop. And, and to do that can be painful. Can be painful. <laughs> My life right now sucks. Is that all right? I mean, in some ways... It's really bad. I made some really stupid decisions. It's 70 years old. Don't go and pioneer another church. <laughs> I'm serious. I've done five of them. That's stupid right there. <laughs> I, I, I'm but here's the crazy. I think I'm right in the middle of the will of God. I'm just not sure. And I think there's some of you that are here that it's not about how many people you have or how much ministry you have. How are you in the Holy Ghost? How are you in the Holy Ghost? And I want to challenge some of you to raise the level of the Holy Spirit. You say, how do I do that? Well, pray in tongues more. I think I made the challenge last time. Anybody take it? Anybody want a challenge? Anybody? Nobody? Well, one. Okay. Yeah, I'll make the challenge. Oh, two now. Praise God. Pray in tongues for 30 minutes a day. For a week. For a week. At least a week. Two weeks would be better, but at least a week. And see what happens. Anybody say, I'm going to take that challenge. 
I'm going to try it. Raise your hand. I can't hardly see. We're blind up here. But there are quite a few. I'm, I'm serious. That alone. How do I raise the level? Be intentional. That's why we're in church on Wednesday night. Like I said earlier, that's why I go to church on Sunday. Not just because it's fun or entertaining. In fact, <laughs> being the pastor of a messed up church, <laughs> when I took the church, I think there were only 12 people coming, and three of them were had mental problems, serious, <laughs> schizophrenics, amen, hey, but we helped them, yeah. amen, <laughs> yeah, you're, you're willing me to do, tell great grandpa Ben, raise, raise the level, I think most of the people that are going to get in trouble today, it'll be because they haven't done it, uh, so I, I only have one book out there that's on the prophecy. I, the thing that God's dealing with me more than anything, and I know I'm kind of stumbling around here, is, it, is, is that we've got to become more spiritual. Not a lot spiritual. I'm not talking about getting spooky or weird. No, I, I believe that the prophetic gift is edification, exhortation, and comfort. It's, it's, it's not all this weird stuff that can happen. I love a heavy prophet, but that's not me. But you know what? We can, edification is just to build up, to exhort. It's just a challenge to give somebody a spiritual push. Comfort. And, and Dennis, my buddy, told me to tell you, and, that, and this is his fault I'm saying this. We need to become better spiritual liars. Wow. Yeah, better spiritual liars. Let me define that because it's important you understand. I talked to my wife on the way here, and, and I think I've told you before, you know, she always says nice things to me. When I ask her, how was the sermon? I'm not, I'm not looking for a critique. <laughs> you know, lie to me, baby. Lie to me. You know, because I think some of the most important moments, you got to hear Diga next, to, this Sunday. I mean, Diga changed my life. You know how he changed my life? He was winning, I think he was 19, 19. And he calls me up and said, I want you to come. I'm going to get 600 young people together, Ron. And he said, and I, and I want you to teach on prophecy. <laughs> and, I, and I told Digga, I said, well, that's great, Digga. There's only one problem. I don't prophesy. <laughs> and I was just as serious as could be. And then Digga said this. Now, this wasn't me. This is Digga. Super, super Digga. <laughs> Able to jump tall buildings with a single bound. And he said, you're the best prophet I know. Wow. Yeah, yeah, that's what I said. I... <laughs> and then he started to say, well, you did this and you did that. And, I, and literally, this is what I'm talking about. I had to come to a realization, either I'm right or dig is right. Well, I want to be a prophet. <laughs> So I had to kind of begin to learn to lie a little. <laughs> because my natural tendency is 
to, to say, well, I, I don't know. I don't want to be wrong. I'm going to hold back. Anybody hear what I'm saying? When what we really need to do is jump out. Jump out. Here's another challenge. Are you ready for another challenge? How many would be willing to try to make somebody cry this week? <laughs> I'm serious. I'm serious. I'm serious. I was just with a prophet last week, and he had the whole building in tears. You know why? Because he spoke a word of comfort. He spoke a word of comfort. That's what people need. How many really could use a word of comfort right now? Raise your hand. You say, I could use some comfort. Look at that. Okay, come on. Stand up. Stand up. Don't get too excited. I've got one more thing I want to do, but stand up. Everybody, everybody stand up. Not just the comfort people. I want everybody, I want everybody to spiritually lie to two people. <laughs> and when I say that, I mean it in the best way. It's not what you feel. I'm not telling you to say what. I want you to say what God wants to say to somebody near you. I want you to speak a word of encouragement and comfort. Am I making sense? Nothing is more important than this. This will change. If we go out this week and go to work and we, start to, we just start to look around and we start to say, God, use me, people are going to get saved by the droves. Am I making sense? So look around. Look around you. Go to somebody. Say something nice. Especially go to somebody you really don't like and say something nice to them. Okay, we're just about, we're just about there. Has this helped anybody? Has this helped anybody? Usually I just tell stories and keep people laughing. But I, I feel in this place are people that God has brought here to change the world. God has brought you here to change the world. Not just to be a Christian, not just to be saved, but there is things that are being imparted into your life and people here that can impart them that can cause you to become a world changer. But we've got to become intentional. Look at the person next to you say intentional. We've got, we got to be intentional. We've got to pray a little more. We've got to worship a little more. Amen. We need to turn up the volume of our life a little more. Amen. Does that make sense? Amen. Worship team can come on up and... And begin to back me up. I know. But don't, don't get too excited. I know. And, and nobody may want to do this. But I, I intentionally was short. Because I want to I pray for anybody that wants to be prayed for. And so my friend Dennis, who I'm staying with, said, hey, Ron, I want you to lay hands on anybody that needs help. And you believe that if you could get prayer, it just might help you. Does that make sense? And if you would like prayer, now we're going to do this real fast, but I want you to come up to the front. Come up to the front. And I'm just going to come along and pray, and we're going to pray. And, but you've got to believe. You've got to turn. Here's the problem. Christians don't believe. They, you know, for hundreds of years, people couldn't get saved because they did not believe salvation was by faith. I never heard about speaking in tongues. It never got preached, so I didn't believe. 
everything is available. I want to tell you right now, everything you want, God wants more than you do. God wants you to be able to pray and see blind people see and deaf people hear. God wants you to become a comforter. God wants to anoint you, amen, with a gift of evangelism. Am I talking to anybody this morning? It's yours. It's yours. How do I know? Because you're here. You walked up here. You made a move of faith. That's all God's looking for. And I guarantee you, if you'll turn on your believer tonight, this could be the turning point of your life. I, I can't get you free of every problem you have, but you've got to start to hear that there is a problem. Can you take one last story? friend of mine, Lynn Litton, great man, changed cities, nations. We were driving in the mountains of Colorado, and I'm telling him how much I appreciate. I'm telling him what a great man he is. And I look over, and I see in his eyes, he didn't hear a word I'm saying. And I slammed the brakes on, and I looked at him, because he says, I said, well, before I did that, I said, what are you thinking? He's saying, I'm thinking, I just wish somebody would tell me I was a, I was a good man. And I said, Sh shut up. <laughs> I said, I'm telling you, you're a good man, and you can't even hear me. Yeah. And I, then I talked. Well, here, the next morning, he said, Ron, this was the first time in 30 years that I slept more than three hours. He said, I wake up every night screaming, and I'm in a tank. He was blown up in a tank in Vietnam, and I'm in a tank that doesn't have any ammunition, and I can't fight, and I wake up screaming. Tonight was the first night I've slept in 30 years for eight hours. Hear me tonight, some of you, you just won't believe that Jesus Christ died to use you. You won't believe that you have gifts and, and authority, and you just need to give it a try. Am I talking to anybody? It's time for us to get free. Say, get free. Get free. Reach over, take the hand. Thanks so much for listening to this message from Reach Church Paramount. To stay connected with us, follow us on Instagram or Facebook at Reach Paramount. To give and support this podcast and ministry, visit our website at reachparamount.com slash give.